3: Brought
1: to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. From BBC Radio 4,
4: Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
1: is going on a road
5: trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA.
1: He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. (laughs)
4: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
2: Oh,
6: that is us. Good evening, everybody. Rich Hornberger, Arnie Spanier in for the guys. Jason Smith and his best friend, Mike Harmon, on a busy Wednesday, 29th day of December here on Fox Sports Radio. How you doing tonight, Rich? I'm doing really good, Arnie. How you doing, man? You're rich down in San Diego. Yeah. I'm yeah. up here in Vermont can't we get any are, further
5: away from each other absolutely I, yeah and I everybody say, in between if you put if you put uh, one of us on uh the north pole and one on the south i'm not sure if we're farther apart this is about <laughs> as far as it gets in the world but yeah glad to be with you it's been a busy sports weekend it would have been busier for me i gotta admit i was upset about this um arnie i was on i was gonna be on the call i should say for the Holiday Bowl. Oh. The Holiday Bowl down in San Diego between NC State, UCLA. UCLA had a back out as a result of uh, COVID positives all over their defensive line room. They gave the Wolf Pack only about five hours advance warning that there was even an issue. And the statement came out very shortly after there from the uh, executive director of the bowl game saying, hey, look, yeah, we're going to make every attempt to find NC State and an opponent. Um, stay tuned. And then this morning they canceled the game officially. But, yeah, I was looking forward to that. It was going to be played in front of a, a huge crowd at Peco oh. Park, the first time in the ballpark's history to host a football game. You know, it was opened in 2006. This was going to be a fun moment for this city, obviously for the Bruins and the Wolfpack, but – Say la vie, that's life in the age of COVID. Yeah, I saw that NC State, they were tweeting out, they were very
6: disappointed. They correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know this to be true. I, I did read it on Twitter, so it's got to be true, but who knows. Um, did they go into, the, did the um, officials go into, not the officials, but the people who run the bowl game go into NC State's locker room and say, here, you
5: get the trophy or you get the win or something like that, or no? I, I believe it was done kind of after the fa- – it was like it was theirs to have. <laughs> it was theirs to have if they didn't find them opponent. It was like, yeah. hey, look. <laughs> you know? Because, I mean, think about that. Think about that, Arnie, because you yeah. know how football is. You've been watching this sport. You've been around this game for uh, longer than I have. And and when you're getting ready to play a football game five hours before kickoff, you got a lot of people over at the stadium. And then when the news sort of – is trickling in at first, and then the official statement is made. As a head coach, if I were in 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 those shoes, I would still have my team come over to the stadium. I would still have my team come over and prepare just in case there was an outside chance the game would still be played because players are creatures of habits, and you want everybody, you know, sort of in tip-top magoo shape to go out there and do their thing. Uh, but yeah, this was uh, this was the I believe it was the shortest notice uh a bowl game has ever been canceled wow. in the history of bowl games which is kind of wild that i was a very very small piece of <laughs> that history that was made now i assume you were still at home you were not on
6: your way out, on the way to the ballpark or when you heard the news or what
5: yeah i was two hours away from getting in my car I was too. Uh, like I was, uh, I was, you know, sort of just doing final prep at the house, and uh, you know, I was actually on my phone looking up my email for credentialing for media credentials uh, to figure out which gate I was going to, where I was going to park, and all those things. And uh, I get a text message from my uh, my booth partner, uh, John mm. Schaefer, who is going to be on the call with me as well. And he was like, did you see this? So it's Bruce Feldman who tweets it out first. He's like, UCLA is backing out of this game because they have too many defensive linemen out with COVID or COVID protocol. And I was like, "No, I did not see that," and I am very wow. happy that you sent it along. <laughs> yeah,
6: you know, and 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 I what I can't understand is, and maybe I should know this, but I don't. Um, are they testing what the, the morning of the game, the day before? Um, is this a school thing? Is this a conference thing? Is is this an NCAA thing?
5: Are some schools not testing at all? I mean, what, well, I, I don't understand what's going on here. I am glad you asked because it is both, um, you know, a state by state university by university, conference by conference, you know, mixed bag of how this whole thing is, um, is orchestrated. The NCAA has yet to really step in and make any sort of uh, 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 ruling over how the protocol should be handled. And so, uh, you know, and, and, and again, to a certain extent, I understand it. I'm not trying to make excuses for the NCAA, but you're talking about, a governing body that oversees teams in virtually all of our 50 states, right? And so they have this massive challenge of trying to find any, if there are any, through lines between state legislature to state legislature uh, to have you know some some things that match up, whether it be in conference or inter conference, intra conference. You know, it's 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 a really hard situation to navigate as it has been for society at large so yeah it's no different in college football or college basketball or any of these sports leagues frankly uh so so it's one of those things where certain teams have intense protocols that they have to follow and certain teams you know if they test it's rarely you know Mm -hmm. so I know California and state schools like UCLA, they are um, subjected to more uh, rigid testing protocols than other states, other schools. So maybe that had something to do with it. It's a mixed bag though, man. Are you, are you worried about the semifinals at all? A little bit uh, to be perfectly honest with you, because uh, again, you know, a lot of these schools are subjected to their state's regulations on how they want these things. Now, what I will say, and yeah. I don't know if this is necessarily to the benefit of safety and health and and protocols in place to to take care of those things. I think if you are the governor or a Congressperson in a state that is you know that has a team in the the semifinals, I don't think if you're going to be the one. Who wants the 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 you don't want to be the one holding the other end of the carpet when it gets pulled out from under the legs of your team? Right. right. So <laughs> so yeah. I think there's going to be some leniency probably granted in those circumstances, but yeah, I do have concerns just given Given what I've experienced, and again, like I was going to be on the broadcast, I have no, I've, what, what skin do I have in the game? You know what I mean? Like it it was gonna, it was gonna. I prepared for the thing, you know. So whatever, I lose those hours watching some film on the Wolfpack in UCLA. That was that was fun for me, anyways but it's these players and these coaches who literally spend weeks and weeks and weeks practicing and preparing and game planning and then traveling and missing Christmas with their families to be on a bowl site, um, and then the fans who fly into uh, bowl locations uh. and the logistics involved of Jeez. even hosting a bowl. Peco Park, for example, in the Holiday Bowl situation, spent you know, millions of dollars retrofitting the baseball stadium to host a football game. I mean, so many different moving parts come to a screeching halt when you have a situation like this. So – as they say in um, in 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 the movies, right? The show must go on. So I have a feeling the semifinals are happening, like it or not. Yeah.
6: No, by the way, I should say, Rich, that it can happen easily. A few drinks become a few too many. Uh, it's time to go. You think you're calling for a ride home? You go. Nah. What's the worst that could happen? You get pulled over. You lose your license. You total your car. You kill someone. Uh, drive sober or get pulled over, paid for by NHTSA. Um, at, later on in the hour, uh, at, at the at forty-five past the hour, you're going to have to give us a bowl story. What really goes on behind the scenes of these bowl games, and or I should phrase, what really goes on back in the day, going out, having fun. I bet, I bet there was some good times had
5: out there. Are huh, rich or what? Yeah, listen. I mean, you're you're talking to the right guy. I Went to four <laughs> bowl games over the course of my career. One was in South Beach at an Orange Bowl, where oh. I was on that uh, you know oh. Paterno Penn State team when we took down Bobby Bowden against Florida State. Oh. Uh, we played. In an Outback Bowl, an Alamo Bowl, a Rose Bowl against Pete Carroll and Mark wow. Sanchez. Yeah, so I got some stories to tell. Oh,
6: yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. We're going to get to that. That is funny, man. That's going to be awesome. I can't wait, by the way. Rich Orenberger, Arnie Spanier on a busy Wednesday, 29th day of December. All right, I don't want to get all negative. By the way, we got a full show today. I'll tell everybody who's coming up, but we've canceled five ball games. Um, I don't even know what to do next, Rich. I, I, I'm to the point where we've maybe got to stop testing, move on, uh, and continue life. I'm not trying to get all political or anything like that, but I, I, I don't see any other way. I, this is is this is getting a little bit out of hand um the kids seem okay i i I really don't know what to do next every time i look up there's either a bowl game getting canceled a college basketball game look what's going on in the nhl um the nba a little bit I, i i really don't know what's next
5: yeah i agree with you i mean there's a a hundred or so college basketball programs on pause I mean, it's really, it's it's 2020 all over again, and we're about to usher in a new year, 2022. I think everybody is hoping for more positive outcomes, but it's like kind of second verse, same as the first with this pandemic from, from 2020 to 2021. Um, I, look, I, again, like you, I, this is a sports talk show. We're trying to make people smile. I'm right. not looking to get political either. But I'll say this, you know, and yep. this is a positive thing. It's a really positive thing. Amid uh, a, a, a huge swath of positive COVID-19 um, players across all sports, there have been an extraordinarily few who have had to be hospitalized. There have been, uh, I I don't know of, and Arnie, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not sure if there has been a single death attributed to COVID 19. So that is, again, a huge silver lining on otherwise uh, terrible past two years in sports and, and, you know, again, uh, in society. So I'm with you. I, I sort of feel like this is a very select group of. Um, of finely tuned human beings, you know, in the prime of their life in terms of health and physical ability. And it appears at least even with these positive tests, a lot of these players are are welcome back to their team and not subjected to maybe the same rigors, the rest of society with certain comorbidities or issues that they face individually. It's, it's just a unique group of humans, you know? So I I hope that that continues, first of all. I hope that health of these players continues to being the the overwhelming majority, you know, that these guys recover from this well and get back to playing. Um, And then as a result of that, I hope that we can see these these athletes get all the opportunities they would have outside of the pandemic. Because I remember when I was playing college football, if I had to forfeit a game – it would have been heartbreaking as a professional athlete. Ugh. It would have been monumentally heartbreaking because not only are you a competitor, but right. you're also a paid competitor. Ugh. Uh, I could
6: have, By the way, Pete Futek will be joining us from collegefootballnews.com in about 10 minutes. We'll talk about the ball games. We'll talk about the SEC going 0-4 um, and all these cancellations, what's coming up in the semifinals. Um, real quick, because you know, obviously you played in the uh, NFL, uh, but you're a lot younger. Did you ever run across John Madden, never had any dealings with him, same party or anything like that, same meeting or, or not really?
5: Never have. Um, wish I did. Just to express to him how important uh, he was to my interest in football. You know, I I remember watching football games with my grandpa. He was a New York Giants fan, and Madden's voice was intertwined (laughs) with my childhood as a football-watching youngster, you know. And uh, I can't look at a turkey leg without thinking of the man. (laughs) I mean, he was uh, a tremendous bridge for all of us to fall in love with the the game of football like he did and uh, a true legend and rest in peace. Well, the great Tony Bruno is going to join us next
6: hour. Uh, He was in the Madden game. He knows Madden. He was putting up pictures of him and his son uh, and Madden together. So I can't wait to talk to the great Tony Bruno. Uh, That's coming up uh, in hour number two. But we have a lot to get to. By the way, are you dealing with a dead battery, Rich? Uh, Head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. Their free battery testing can help you know if you need a new battery or not and if you do happen to need a replacement battery they can help you with that too they got reliable replacement batteries starting at just $79.99 and they're the only place you can find proven, tough, durable-ass batteries so next time you're having battery trouble head to AutoZone your battery solution and America's number one battery destination we'll come back Pete Fewtech, collegefootballnews.com will stop on by got a lot of college to get to Rich Ornberger, Artie Spanier, here on Fox Sports
1: Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm George Reister, host of
3: the
4: Reister or Wrong Podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to The Right or Wrong
1: Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: You know, everybody has their own wellness routine, their own approach to a healthy lifestyle. A lot of the most successful ones include herbs like ginger root, ashwagandha, and so many others. Nature's Way has been sourcing herbs like those for over 50 years. They understand that nature is the ultimate problem solver. So they're dedicated to providing plant-powered formulas to help people live healthier lives. Their herbs can support your health in so many ways. For instance, ginger root and slippery elm bark have both been used for centuries all over the world. Ginger root has traditionally been used to soothe occasional digestive upset and slippery elm bark to soothe the GI tract. St. John's wort, holy basil, and ashwagandha can provide mood and stress support, which is something we can all use in our modern life. I mean, these herbs come from all over the world, but nature's way knows where the best ones grow. They test for potency in their state-of-the-art lab, and their scientists are experts in all things herbs. What's on the label is what's in your bottle, and what's in your bottle are the best herbs around. To learn more, visit naturesway.com.
6: All right. Good evening, everybody. Rich Ortenberger, Arnie Spanier. and for the guys. Jason Smith and his best friend, Mike Carmen here on Fox Sports Radio. By the way, it can happen easily. A few drinks could become a few too many. It's time to go and you think for calling for a ride. You go, nah, what's the worst that could happen? You get pulled over, you lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone, drive sober, or get pulled over, paid for by NHTSA. Let's get right to our guest. Check him out at collegefootballnews.com. That's collegefootballnews.com. Lots happening in the world college football. Joining us now, it's our buddy Pete Futek. How you doing, Pete? Gentlemen, what's going on? How you been? Good. Well, just as long as they don't cancel any more games, um, it was getting a little ridiculous. I I was afraid to look at Twitter there for a while, thinking that another game was going to be canceled. I'm not going to get all political. Uh, I just hope that there's not going to be another one on the way, and we're going to be okay for the semifinals.
4: Well, look, at the end of the day, it's like, you know what the rules are, and like, these teams just aren't quite doing what they need to be doing, and if your teams, are, I mean, forgetting the politics side of it, if your if, if your whole group is decimated or a whole defensive line like UCLA had, uh, that's kind of the deal. Look, this is kind of why the college football playoff type dropped a hammer and said, "Look, if you guys can't go and someone has to forfeit, we're not making this up. You lose and you're out." And what happened? The four college football playoff teams lock things down real fast. So it was possible to do this. And, look, I, they're bowl games. Uh, look, there, there wasn't a Hawaii bowl, and we still had Christmas on the next day. Life went on. You know, these things are kind of disposable. But you have one job. It's to play the game. Like, do the little Disney World tour after. Do the Sea World <laughs> tour after. Just do Lock it down for a couple of weeks, and then play the game, and then go have the fun. There were ways to do this, or you—they should have been able to figure out ways to uh, postpone and play play them a couple of days later. Th- this was a little more workable than I think it should have been. There just wasn't really a whole lot of foresight into this.
5: You know, Pete, I I agree with what you're saying. That locking it down and keeping guys, you know, maybe sequestered off to their hotel rooms is the best way to do it. Leading into a big game and maybe bowl games are more disposable than college po- football playoff games certainly but do you think the NCAA really means what they say when they would they would actually have a team be forced to forfeit in lieu of playing Because the NFL said the same thing in the preseason. And then here we are in week whatever it was, 15, where there were massive outbreaks with this Omicron variant. And then all of a sudden they're rescheduling games where they said in the preseason they would force teams to have forfeitures. Do you really think if a semifinal team can't play due to COVID that they would actually have a no contest and give the team without a chance to play for a championship?
4: Yes, because a couple reasons. Logistical start is the main one of the bunch. Is that if you're going to have a college football playoff national championship uh, a few days later, in this case nine days later than this, you really can't do this like two or three days later, considering you know you know how the, the various protocols and guidelines and however you want to work this, it just becomes a logistical nightmare. And the second part about this was it was really kind of. The part of the whole problem here is it's this it isn't the NCA. This is the college football playoffs. It, it's kind of a separate thing. But they're saying for the business side of this thing to work, lock it down because you can't reschedule the the, uh, the semifinals. Now the national championship. I think they would probably be a little more lenient on that, and they've kind of said as much. Uh, but they they kind of said that. It, it, it was really sort of the you know, throwing it down because everything was getting way too loose with all these teams, and you know it's a bad luck thing you're not blaming anybody I kind of if anybody's to blame it's not the kids the students it's the, the administrators and the you know the everyone who's organizing this thing for not coming up with a a step way to do this, so you actually play the game and I know it's fun for the players, and I know all the uh, the the bowl week is what and the whole experience is what this is all about. But at the end of the day, it is a business, and for the businesses of bowl games, they cannot have a holiday bowl or to not have a Hawaii bowl. And for the you know the sports world moves on, it's all fine. But for the sponsors and the volunteers and the people involved and the communities and everything about it, and ESPN not having that game played costs them money. And it's shocking to me in a billion dollar business like this that the one thing, the one aspect of this that matters to the game itself being played, again, in a business sense, they weren't able to figure this and have the foresight to figure this out well in advance and have contingency plans.
6: If these things didn't go off. Yeah. Pete, let's go and talk what's happening on the football field. Cincinnati, 13.5 point underdog, Um, obviously to Alabama. I don't know why. I'm just dismissing Cincinnati. Um, Yeah, they did beat Notre Dame, but I'm not impressed with anything else out there. I don't, the way Alabama looked against Georgia, I don't even see how this game's going to be close. The only question is will Alabama blow them out by more than 13.5 points? I say yes. Am I completely nuts on this game? (laughs)
4: Uh, you're asking the wrong person, because I can't get a college football playoff semifinal against the spread pick right to save my <laughs> life. Uh, so, I look, it, It's the, the thing about this when it comes to Cincinnati and Bama is that Cincinnati's got the starting 22 that can hang around. They've got an NFL quarterback in Desmond Ritter. They've got an NFL secondary. They've got NFL guys. But... Alabama has a lot more of them and they have the depth. The thing that's concerning here is that, yes, Alabama was great against Georgia. It was also first in 98 with three points on the board late against Auburn. It struggled to get, to get by LSU. It struggled to put Florida away. Lost to Texas A&M. Struggled to put Arkansas away. Struggled against Tennessee. This has not been a dominant team throughout the year. With that said, pick against Alabama at your own peril uh, it's if you're going to if you pick Alabama to win in the thirteen and a half and you're wrong you tip your cap and you move on because that's the right always going to be the right play but i will not be shocked if cincinnati hangs around with them the the cop i keep coming up with is uh remember the the national championship a million years ago between virginia tech and florida state where uh virginia tech with michael vick a quarterback and that plucky defense and they were really good they hung around and then peter Warwick went peter warwick and florida state just said yeah you know what we're done with this we have more talent than you that's how i kind of see this happening where it's going to be close 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 and all of a sudden alabama's gonna be like all right enough and they pull away and then they
5: cover pete who's the best player in the semifinal
4: do uh, you like the the idea of the NFL scouts thinking Bryce Young is this be-all, end-all number one pick? He, he's not all that big. Uh, he's accurate. He's good. I, I've heard so many mixed reviews, at least from a pro-prospect side of this thing. So I guess technically it's Bryce Young compared to what, what, he, what he's doing. But kind of hard to go against uh, defensive end Will Anderson. Kind of hard to go against Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. On the other side, Jordan Davis is kind of the uh, the rock on the inside. So this is a who's who of NFL defensive or NFL talent across the board for all four of these teams. And again, you know Cincinnati's got some guys too. So there's a whole lot of NFL guys. Georgia and Alabama just has more of them than Michigan and Cincinnati do.
6: Uh, speaking about Michigan, they're begging you to take Michigan plus the 7.5 points. It was up to 9.5 points. Um, I I just go back and forth in my mind. First, I think oh, well, Georgia was great, except for the one game against Alabama. If that defense steps up, it's going to be a long day for Michigan. Then I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe Michigan plays like they did against Ohio State, and I don't even need the points. They go ahead and beat Georgia. I, I mean, my head's spinning. What do you think in this game?
4: Yeah, and don't forget that there's going to be the late Michigan rush. Uh, when this, and It happens every Saturday morning. When uh, the Michigan gambling crowd, who doesn't know a whole lot about college football and just likes Michigan, and is going to watch the game, it, it is a thing in the betting community where you have to assume that that line's probably going to come down an extra half point uh, or so just because Michigan fans are going to jump on their team. Uh, but I'm kind of with you on the Georgia had one bad game thing. Look. It, the the margin between winning at the highest level with these teams might just be as simple as, you know, of course Georgia wanted to win the SEC championship, but it didn't need that game. Alabama did. Alabama just played its sharpest, best overall performance of the year. Georgia was still pretty good. And that might have been the best thing to happen to Georgia, not that they need any more motivation when it comes to trying to win a national championship, but that might have just sort of given them a little extra juice. I think over the next two games, we're about to see that Georgia defense that rocked and rolled all season long. I think they win this against Michigan. I think the defense rises up and rocks, especially in the second half as the game goes on. And I think Georgia then goes on to win the national championship if – Stetson Bennett is just okay. That's the one part of this puzzle I cannot get past is that Georgia has their NFL-caliber quarterback on the bench. Again, like they did instead of developing Justin Fields and playing Jake Fromm, they've got the NFL starter and JT Daniels on the bench, and they keep playing Bennett, who's been fine. But he struggled under when he actually had some stress. Uh, I do think Georgia wins this game, and I think they cover it.
6: All right, he's Pete Futek. Check him out, collegefootballnews.com. That's collegefootballnews.com. Certainly a must-go-to. Pete, enjoy the games. We always appreciate you. Uh, and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch up with you later on, my friend.
4: Well, later, guys. You have a good one.
6: Take care, Pete Futek, everybody. By the way, real credit card questions require real people, someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discoverer offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. When we get back, I want to ask Gorenberger a little bit about playing big-time underdogs because he's probably been a favorite his whole life at (laughs) Penn State. Well, we'll get to that, Rich. But first, let's get the first check-in tonight with Brian Fenley,
8: see what's trending. What's going on, B Fed? Arnie and Rich, it's great to hear from you. Arnie, I hope that you talk about Rich is and Arnie, your basketball game and what you're able to do from those YMCA days. I didn't know this
5: was a guy <laughs> who would <laughs> strap on the Rex. Yeah, that's our five. Yeah, and yeah. The knee that's braces.
8: Our, yeah. And and you should Rich, ask Arnie how closely he knows Steve Kerr. Apparently they're really good friends, <laughs> unless shut they're not. Out. I, I hate brought, you. brought
5: <laughs> me, I, yeah. I mean he hey, filled me in. He's <laughs> filming it exactly yeah. I don't think he goes 15 minutes without mentioning him. exactly
8: <laughs> yes so there's all sorts of college football happening as you guys have been talking about in the show and some really neat news and a beautiful story from this Oklahoma Oregon football game the Alaba- or the Alamo Bowl that is it's 23 to three number 16 those Sooners over number 14 those Oregon ducks about four minutes ago in the second quarter and the story here is Drake Snoops the son of Bob Stoops who was stepping in at head coach Coach here for the Sooners. His son caught a touchdown pass from Caleb Williams, and now Williams has two touchdown throws. So it's a really neat within the family story here at the Alamo Bowl again, still in the second quarter. As far as Another game to mention from earlier when it comes to college football, the cheese at bowl happened, and number 19 Clemson was able to hang on against Iowa State, 20 to 13. Brock Purdy, the Cyclones quarterback, had the ball. He was trying to drive his team down for what would have been a game tying score at the end, and then he fumbles the football. As far as the NBA, a couple mentions from completed games, including. What we saw between the Hornets and the Pacers, one sixteen to one oh eight. Lamelo Ball one a shy of a triple double. The Clippers shred the Celtics, ninety one to eighty two. Robert Williams the third had a double double in the loss. There was also a victory for the Knicks. Arnie, you're probably pretty excited about that, considering that they were down by double digits to the Pistons. But I know York, they came back one by nine. They covered for Rob Parker too. I they saw that. They oh, did how about that. Sheckle City. Alec <laughs> Burks had a huge huge game as well. I felt like he was channeling his inner Arnie Spanier here. 34 <laughs> points, 4 rebounds and 2 assists. And then, how about this guys? The Grizzlies in Memphis, they storm back and beat the Lakers 104 to 99. So LA drops to 17 and 19 on the season. LeBron James, he was multitasking 37 points, 13 rebounds and 7 dimes, and I'll just mention wow. one score here in college basketball and something we're keeping an eye on here in the newsroom. It's number 14 Tennessee against number 19 Alabama and the Vols are up 47 to 45 about 12 minutes to go in that second half. Javon Quinterly has 17 points and before I get it back to Rich and Arnie, a reminder that AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road, like the free AutoZone Fix Finder service. If you're having trouble starting your car, AutoZone will test your battery for free and help you find the issue, so don't you worry about those parts, because they have them. With over 5,600 locations nationwide, AutoZone is here to save you time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. And as I said, 17 I think, Arnie, that was your JV four-year career in high school, wow, how many you had. you're going after me yeah. tonight. Let's get wow. it back to Arnie Spanier and Rich wow. Ornberger. Yeah, right, just that's getting started. Ryan, appreciate it. Rich
6: Ornberger, Arnie Spanier in for the guys. Jason Smith and his best friend, Mike Carbon. By the way, it can happen easily. A few drinks can become a few too many. It's time to go. You think of calling for a ride home. You go, nah, what's the worst that could happen? You get pulled over, you lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone, drive sober, or get pulled over. That's paid for by Nick. Uh, He was talking about the Sooner touchdown. Let me get that Sooner call, guys. Let's see what it sounds like here.
0: Caleb Williams, he's got it. Back to pass. Looking left, lobs in zone for Stoops. He caught it! (laughs)
6: <laughs> I love that. Toby wow. Rowland from Learfield on the call. <laughs> Got to love that call. Right now, the Oklahoma up 23-3 to over Oregon. Uh, a little bit of
5: a blowout here, Rich. I didn't expect it was going to be like this. Yeah, you know, and, and this is sort of endemic in college football also. Like the fact that a Brian Kelly can ditch his program to go to the Bayou ahead of their bowl game. The fact that Mario Cristobal can ditch his program to go uh, coach at his alma mater. It's one of those things that we're getting used to seeing more and more with players and coaches leaving before the bowl games are played. And that's going to continue to be a theme. I, you know, the one thing I will say is I, I don't know if it, it absolutely matters Um, who wins a bowl game? Who doesn't, Uh, you know, unless we're talking about the semifinals or the championship game in college football. Now, I think because there is, even if it is a made for TV playoff bracket, it diminishes further the importance of these bowl games. Would you agree with that?
6: Um yeah, I would say I kind of agree with you on that one. I would say yes on that. Um I, I thought that uh and I've been saying it all along that once we get to twelve, I'm ready to get rid of some of these ball games completely. Yeah. I'm ready to go ahead and say the heck
5: with it, but but they'll never get rid of it because it's all about money, Rich. Or make a higher bar, right? You know, because what what happened this year was they actually had to make up new bowl games because so many teams were bowl eligible. So right, many teams right. were six wins or better yeah. this season. That Jeez. they actually I mean I was on the the call for the Frisco Bowl when it was the tropical smoothie cafe Frisco Bowl <laughs> between the San Diego State Aztecs and the uh, University of Texas San Antonio Roadrunners taking on each other. And then all of a sudden, a week later, they had the classic Frisco Bowl. I was like, this was a brand new bowl four years ago. How could there be a classic already? But they had it. to create bowl opportunities um, because there were so many six-win teams. I agree with you. Once they expand the postseason, I think we're going to see the bowl circuit probably get a pretty big haircut. I hope so. Now, you played
6: for Penn State, so you're a little bit of a football elitist. Let's be honest. You're like a football (laughs) snob. When you play at Penn State, you certainly schedule your share of patsies. Tell me what it's like um, when you come in as like a 14- or 17-point favorite. You know you're going to win the game and things start going south, kind of like Cincinnati playing Alabama. First of all, the coaches don't let you think. Of They're like, this is, This team's better than you think. They're going to come in. This is like an even game. We're the underdog here because Nick Saban has his team thinking you're the underdog. What's it like before the game? What are the coaches telling you, and what are you thinking, and what happens when the game is tied at halftime and you got to go back in that locker room?
5: Well, the beautiful thing is if you have a talented communicator as a head coach, he can make you feel any way he wants you to. Right. You know, because there's a lot of psychology built into being a head coach. And Nick Saban, to your point, and I've read the articles and I believe it because, um, you know, I I played for Bill Belichick who came off of – Nick Saban came off of the Belichick coaching tree from his time in Cleveland, and those two have a strong relationship. And Bill was able to make – I mean, during my time in the NFL – Belichick was able to make, like, a Detroit Lions team who was 0 for a million. Like, you know, just an awful team. Seemed like they were going to win the Super Bowl. You know, so you're preparing for a Thanksgiving game. I, I remember one year, and I, I forget which year it was when I was in New England. We were preparing for a Thanksgiving game, Day game against the Detroit Lions, and they were awful. But he made it sound like they were going to tear our faces off and use them as, as you know, shoe polish cloths. Like, we were – we were watching highlight after highlight after highlight of these Lions uh, making play after play after play. And it's like, how did he find all these good plays? Yeah, where did he get all this stuff? And we went out and we played one of our better games that season. And so it is it is a psychological uh, advantage when you have your team feeling like they are the ones who have a lot to prove. And Nick Saban has done that all year long with Alabama, you know, saying, hey, look at Georgia. They're getting all the attention, all of y'all in this room you know they're just looking past you and then they went out in this sec championship game and just completely demolished them and so he's got them believing this in the um in the playoffs too he's telling his team yep hey look you know nobody thinks we're gonna go back to back and and the more i look at the the, the their path to a championship the more i believe that they will I can't. You know what? When we
6: get back, I want you to tell me what goes on really behind the scenes at these bowl games. (laughs) What what you did when you you went to what you said you went down to Miami Beach. We went to
5: yeah, we went to South Beach. We went Uh, to L.A. to uh, the Rose Bowl. You know, uh,
6: I'm wondering what goes on in the night before the game, too. So without without naming names, we'll change the names to protect the innocent. <laughs> that's that's coming up next. Rich Ornberger, Artie Spanier in for Jason Smith and Mike Harmon right here on Fox Sports Radio.
7: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
2: Probiotics aren't a trend anymore. They're a mainstay in the health and wellness aisle of your favorite store. And Nature's Way Women's Probiotic Pearls are the easiest way to introduce a probiotic into your routine. I mean, they're just what they sound like. Adorable little pearls that couldn't be easier to take. But they still pack that probiotic punch. Each tiny pearl has 1 billion active cultures and protect against occasional bloating, constipation, and digestive discomfort. And they actually support both digestive and vaginal health, so that's a win-win. And according to my little fact sheet here, they're designed with a triple-layer coating that protects each pearl from stomach acid, so they can make it all the way to your small intestine where they're needed most. You probably didn't think we'd be talking about the small intestine today, did you? Well, digestive health is kind of important. If you know, you know. To learn more about Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls and how they can fit into your routine, visit naturesway.com.
6: All right, you think it's okay to drive stone? The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everybody around you. Stop kidding yourself. You've been using marijuana in any form. Do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Uh, don't uh, or drive high. Get a DUI paid for by NHTSA. Rich Ornberger, Arnie Spanier on a busy Wednesday. Rich, you played for Penn State. What goes on behind the scenes at these ball games? Because I, I don't believe that there's bed check Ten o'clock to nine forty-five. Bed check. We got an important game tomorrow. Uh, are you guys out at the clubs? Are you down at the uh, the the bar, the hotel <laughs> bar? What do you what What are you guys doing uh, the day or two days before the game?
5: Well, th- there there is bed check. There is. Um, I don't know if everybody um, everybody uh, as strictly as maybe they should align with the bed check maybe right. some guys would be there for bed check and then shortly then after <laughs> you know evade the um the the superfluous uh security and uh find their way at one of the establishments that hosts the nightlife in given city for bowl <laughs> for bowl game operations here here's what i will say yeah Uh, bowl games are a lot of fun for a lot of reasons. First and foremost, you get to play another game, which, you know, if you play college football, that's just cool. You know, you get another opportunity with all your buddies, especially your final one. Um, you know, to uh to go out there and do what you love to do. But then the other part of it is you're in a strange city meeting strange people, doing strange things, you know. I mean it's a good time had by all. And uh we were uh we were definitely up to uh some of that when we went to the Rose Bowl back in <laughs> two thousand and I guess it was a two thousand eight season, two thousand nine Rose Bowl. Did you, you do the Lowry's thing? Did you have to get to do the Lowry's oh, yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We. How we, much we, did you chow down? I could see you chowing down big time. I put down like three prime ribs. Ooh. Uh, yeah, but and Penn State, we won. We won the Lowry Challenge. We didn't <laughs> win the game, <laughs> so so you know you got to take your wins where you can get them. We ended up losing thirty eight twenty four in the Rose Bowl. My senior season at Penn State, it was a good year too. We were eleven and one heading into the game. Uh, we had an opportunity to be undefeated on that year. We got beat by Iowa, and I know Iowa Sam working the board Oh, Iowa tonight. Sam. He remembers that one. I mean, that's just <laughs> that's just one of those. One I
8: do. Those, Are you talking those, about
1: the 08 game?
5: 08 game, Kinnick yeah. Stadium. I was there,
1: man. Me and it you were in the same place well before we met, years before we met.
5: Blistering cold. It, it was a little Arnie. chilly that
1: night. Yeah. it
5: was uh the wind was whipping and Iowa had a better strategy. we lost they, them but
1: yeah they had a guy named uh Sean Green who won the Doke Walker that year uh, That's award right. that year yeah.
5: That's absolutely right. I think he didn't he play for the Jets. He played probably?
1: a little f- for the Jets, but yeah. Not yeah. a long NFL career, but
5: Yeah, yeah. That was uh that was a rough season. I should say it was a great season until we ran into Iowa. And then the Rose Bowl was no different because I'm pretty sure we were the reason why Mark Sanchez got drafted sixth overall. <laughs> he threw for like four hundred yards and four touchdowns. Wow. I didn't know he could
6: have a game like that.
5: Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was because we were two I'll tell you a quick story. Yeah, yeah. So we're in L.A., and it's my first time ever in L.A. And so I had a couple of uh, boxes to check off while I'm there. First and foremost, I want to see what the city's all about because, you you know, I grew up in New York. Everybody talks about L.A. being, a, you know, the the fun in the sun city.
6: Of course. And
5: uh, so I get out there, and I wanted to test that. And also, I ended up marrying a girl from L.A. Oh, wow. Uh, she went to Penn State, played volleyball there, my wife Ann. And, uh, it was the first time I got to meet her family. So while we were out there, you know, it was like, you know, it was my first time meeting everybody. So I had a lot to prove. Um, but, um, yeah, one, one of the stories that I remember is it, he ended up becoming my agent in the NFL. But um, this guy takes me and a couple of the offensive linemen out to a bar, oh. and uh, <laughs> and it was at the W.O. Hotel in L.A. Oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, out in Westwood, and um, we got all sorts of banged up. And so I'll fast forward to the next morning. We got offensive line meetings starting at, like, 9 in the morning. These aren't Oof. early morning meetings. Right. Like, three of us didn't show up. And so the first, oh, the first of us trots down to the breakfast hall, and he's like five minutes early for meetings, and you know he's being questioned like, "Where are the other two? And he, yeah. he's like, "I have no idea. I haven't seen them since last night." He was like, "Well, where were you last night?" He was like, "We were just up in our rooms." And so he goes into the meeting. I'm the next one down. I'm about twenty minutes late for meetings, wow. and I'm being looked at cross eyed by everybody. They're just pissed. <laughs> I go into the room. They're like, "Where's the other one?" I'm like oh, I don't know. I don't know where he is. I haven't seen him. They were like, "What were you doing last night?" I was like, "We were just in our rooms." So I go into the office and watch him. The third one of us comes down an hour late to meetings. Oh. They, they were banging on his door. I mean, he was out cold on the bathroom floor. They bring it. They basically drag oh. him into the meetings. His hair is all screwed up. They're oh. like, "Where were you last night?" And he goes, "Ah, oh, we were just out drinking with this potential agent of mine." And we're just like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Breaking. All sorts of rules. It was a oh, good time, though. I love it, man. Okay, well, oh,
6: that was great. Hour one in the well, hour one just flew on by. My goodness. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to get to the NFL. The great Tony Bruno is going to join us at 20 past the hour here on Fox Sports Radio.
7: I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.